This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I am laughing. It's pretty (laughs) funny. This week has been funny. So it was my husband's birthday. Happy birthday, Freddie. Birthday. Happy birthday to Freddie. I calculated up. I've been with him for 24 birthdays. Wow. Good for That's kind of cool. He's very cool. Um, the irony, you know how he's a chef, right? Well, he got sick from food poisoning the night before. Oh, I'm sorry. Night before his birthday. We had a lot of fun, though. We had a lot of fun the night before his birthday. Before. And then, before the event. Yeah. And then he got really, really, really sick. But the, it's so funny because my friends were like, you didn't cook for him because you don't cook. But if you cooked, you probably would have given him food poisoning, which is true. But I did not. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry to hear that. So, but he's recovered now, I hope. Yeah, he was just a little bit, you know, he was just very lethargic. But to see him in so much pain on his birthday. But I didn't have, I cleared up my whole schedule so we could play golf and go to dinner and blah, blah, blah. And it was so great because I got so much done because he was sick. <laughs> okay. I got all, all the everywhere. things done. I'm like, it kind of feels like my birthday because I have so many things done. This week has actually been really great. Today is National Sons, National Sons Day. Uh, yeah, awareness. Day. I always said awareness, of Sons Day, whatever, National Sons Day. And I started laughing because, of course, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to take Jack to school. I'm going to make it a best day. And then while I was gone, Freddie went through his room. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what parents do. Parents think it's going to be a wonderful day. And then they go, oh my gosh. So I get home. And I'm on a a business call meeting and he's looking at me because I'm on the call in the garage. I'm like, one more minute. And then I get out of the car and oh my goodness, I'm like, happy National Sons Day. It was almost just like, and I posted, he's my greatest teacher, which Jack is. He is, Dalton is my greatest teacher. But I just thought the irony, I just had to kind of laugh because it was just like, seriously, this is what's happening right now. But, well, you know, they yeah. say you learn the most from the most drama, right? But I just had to laugh about it because this week has been catastrophic for so many people and why is why what's going on no i don't know i think you know what we have a direct line to the flip side should we invite luana forward our pal our moderator on the flip side who passed away in 1996 who brought me and jennifer together who we have have nothing to lose (laughs) we have nothing to lose so let's ask luana to come forward thank you lou and she moderates our group of people that we talk to on the flip side. I mean, she's in charge of the guest list. So, Lou, what's going on? Huh. She just showed me your wife's hat. She just showed me your wife. Hold on. She said she was in her dream state. So she was in Sherry's dream state. That's what Luana said. Oh, interesting. And what was going on there? Um, you and Sherry? She gave Sherry the feelings that today was just just to go with the flow. I don't. Is that what was that the message that she got though too? Or yeah, yeah. that is that is the message that Sherry basically got. And she was telling me like you know this is going to be a trying day, and maybe it's I don't know maybe it's I think, I, think I'm, I think I'm going with the flow. I have to say at least I can laugh about it. I took a picture of all the contraband <laughs> in my son's room. You have to go with the flow. You start and with. I, and I actually called him up and I said, Jack, you're coming home. Your dad's using the home office. You just need to own up to everything and just, you need to quit. Whatever it is that you're doing, you just need to quit. End of story. I'm like, I know nicotine's a bad habit. To, like, there's a lot of people that are addicted to nicotine more than anything else. It is such a huge thing to get off of. But like, you have got to stop ruining, you know, just, you just, can't control it and it's just take it that's just one aspect but i didn't mean to diatribe i didn't mean to no no listen i'm like just don't i'm like just own up to all your stuff just own up so i think and then what i'm getting actually 
Yes, so let's ask Lou to weigh in. My own projections, but she's showing me. If you own up to what you do, she's showing me that's 99.99% of the battle that everyone else, then you put everybody else at ease. Just own it, own up to it, unless you really didn't do it. But there's clear evidence she was doing it. But Luana, so are you saying like the truth sets people free on both sides of the veil? No, on your side. We don't need to be set free. And she's just showing me they don't have bodies. Like we don't need to be set free. Set free. Okay. But hold on. I got to make sure I got the right interpretation. That was actually really funny the way they showed that to me. Yeah, it makes it easier for us to help. So yeah. Yes. It does help them. It does set them free as well because they don't have to, they're, they're doing everything they can to help the people that are here. Well, to give some context to that comment. And addiction has the highest cry. Well, the highest cry. Grief and addiction are, they're not the same energy, but they have the same um, outpouring of energy. Grief and addiction. You don't You don't know when grief is going to happen, right? No one knows. Your addiction, you can't control either. Okay. So, uh, well, so what do you, why did you put that in your mind? That's my question. What is she trying to elucidate there? Because we, if I'm seeing this correctly, hold on. We feel like we have control over things and we don't. Okay. So back to Sherry. She just showed me Sherry again. Back to what we're doing is you have to, if the, I love that interpretation too you have to just go by going with the flow they always show me nemo and turtle getting into that speedway of just going with the flow of just getting in there i don't know why they show that to me but it's so funny to me every time um yeah dude or you can try to swim backwards and fight it and everything else and take forever to do the same thing that you should do if you just do it right away on up to what it is that you do and who you are that shows gives other people permission to do the same thing. And this idea we've heard before where uh, you can't control how other people behave, but you can control how you react to them. So if you and react to the situation, yes. And so if you're going with the flow, it may be and this is the really hard part for people to wrap their minds around that things that happen that seem stressful and uh, difficult may have a reason that plays out over the lifetime in some other fashion or it might even be from a previous lifetime and that's really outside the paradigm of what we uh, know right and do you want to come back here over and over again trying to fight the same fight so it's not right? about just letting go and letting people do whatever they're going to do there that would be crazy and that would be difficult also, she, also, she also showed me the afterlife of billy fingers so that book uh-huh. That, that the sister talked about her brother who her brother was here sure his mission was to feel all the feelings so he was this motorcycle you know do drugs do this or that. yeah right. so we, we don't know necessarily what our missions are that's where we have to get out of judgment right yeah um I mean, if you asked me where that book was there was no way i could have known that that was just so interesting that they showed that me that book cover because I know the book. I've spoken to the author um, and she wrote this book about her brother who started visiting her after he passed and he did things like told her where the car keys were hidden inside the trunk of his car, details that only he could know. But ultimately he started talking to her about his journey which and she asked him questions about what what he could learn teach people and it was this thing of not judging people for their journey in terms of stuff that we would normally say, well, that was, why'd you do that? You know, why'd you do these drugs? And it part of, part of his answer was he just wanted to experience everything. Right. He wanted to experience everything. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. And it, by the way, it came up recently in as weird a place. It was Plato's Republic. They were talking about this guy who had had a near death experience. And while he was talking to his council and guides, they were saying to him, stop judging people for the choices that they make. Right. 
and and the example was they said like a thief somebody might choose a lifetime where they're exploring what the thievery is and they can still be a noble honest person to themselves and to people around them while exploring things that we would consider bad or evil you see and they were trying right. to stop judging people for that i thought that was fascinating that was written 2500 years ago but luana please um hold on i make sure all my notifications are off sorry um what does Lou want to talk about today? Does she have anybody on her guest list she wants to bring forward? She wants to talk about how to get yourself out of negative behavior or patterns. Okay. Please. Oh. <laughs> Is that a pinch? Well, she just she's like, there's somebody that actually knows how to do that or has been, you know, dealt with that, which was Elvis. So Elvis came up forward. So let me see what he has. Let's to see say. what he says. Yeah. What does he want to say about that? How to get yourself out of negative patterns? Or is it just something? <laughs> Sorry. Like, it's like you don't start them in the first place. Say again. You don't start them in the first oh, place. Okay. Yeah. That would be uh, nice. But... Don't listen to what you should be doing because that makes you tell spin. Listen to what you're passionate about your passion over leaves anything that you can get um wait hey, thank you he was showing me his music made him you know leap out that kept him going and then you know if he would have stayed with his passion then it and he's talking to how at least his hair how his you know him being passionate about his wife ended right how they got a divorce, his passion ended, and then he got introduced to other things to cope with it, right? And that's kind of what happens when people get in this, thank you if I'm hearing this right, when you get in this state of um, losing control or not having control over things, um, you tend to do things that really make you out of control. It's kind of like saying, fuck it, or F it, and then because you just are like, you know, nothing's working or I feel this way or I'm blaming this person. Okay. Well, there's also that aspect of, you know, when you do drugs or sometimes the drugs or the alcohol puts you in that pattern where you'd be used to like, say, I don't care about anything other than I need to get more of that. Right. And alcohol and drugs mimic bipolar. Oh, because interesting way to put it. So let me ask you, Elvis, what any opinions about the new movie Priscilla by Sofia Coppola? <laughs> That's funny. He's like, it's better than real life. Bravo. Oh, very good. That's and, interesting. So I have no idea what he means by it's better than better than real life. I you know, I think what he's saying is it's more well done, let's say, more poetic. More in tune with how it should have been and perceived. Okay, I don't think it's it'll be out soon, but uh, give me a second. She wrote a book as oh, well. That's why he, that's why he's kept come through came through. I didn't know this about. I didn't know she was having a whatever. Okay, um, no, that, well, there was her book, and then Sofia Coppola adapted it into a movie, and it should be coming out really soon. Um, but I was just curious because I know Priscilla is really behind the movie, and uh, people have said great things about it. And based upon one perspective or one perception, obviously. Um, well, hers, sure. If you combined our movies together, it would have been great. <laughs> well, you can. That's the great thing, you know. You can watch. She did. I think she did. I think that's what he's saying. They did. Um, kind of. Hold on. I know that Priscilla loved me so much; it was painful. I didn't realize the pain I gave her. I mean, I do now, but I didn't realize the pain at the time. I thought at the time I was doing something for our family. But really, I was just being selfish. Interesting way to put it. See it. When you get in the dark place, and he said that my mom had mental illness too, he's saying. 
Oh, really? Okay. I don't know this. This is just what I, you said. Um, yeah, that's fine. You mean like bipolar kind of illness or emotional? He wasn't diagnosed. There was some schizophrenia, I think, in his family. I'm not sure. Well, what... you can tell us that. That's fine. Um, I should have been more careful about the substances and the people that surrounded me. They were too afraid to leave me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've talked to you in the past uh, and you can talk about this or not, which was, you know, previous lifetimes you might have had that you're aware of if they were different or what the journey might have been. And the whole thing, it started. I mean, Elvis is here. The whole thing. I mean, it's always like that. I pay attention now more and more to the conversations I have during the day before we have our meeting to what happens during the day, because it usually comes into play. But he's shown me flashbacks of everything that happened today that led, is leading to this conversation. Okay. Right? And I'm handling it well. I had to laugh about it and just know that, um, know that he's, I do feel that my son's going to be okay. It's not going to help me yelling at somebody, you know, at his age. I'm not, you know, there's a lot with that. I don't want to get into it with that stuff because believe me, I love that kid more than anything. The whole thing, I just had to either laugh about it or I could have just folded. You know, you could do two things with, with, I don't know, situations. Um, hold on. Laugh or fold. I like that. Those are two great options. I mean, there are other options. Therapy. There's therapy. Oh, he, we already talked. Yeah, we're getting, he already has a therapy. We're already getting. Or you can invite Elvis in to come and talk to you a little bit about, which is like a fun way to do it. Right. And here he is show reminding you that what he's talking about, his journey on the planet is related to your journey, as well as other people's journeys where they come here and then they're they're they get distracted by whatever it is could be alcohol drugs could be money could be fame could be whatever right is that what you're talking about well let me ask you this elvis because this is a kind of a positive but also a very unusual a detail that you gave to us you came through and said we asked you who greeted you on the other side and you mentioned a child and then you came back like a, 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 a like the next week to talk about it some more, but a child that you did not have, who didn't come to term, but you said you were met with overwhelming love from this child on the other side. And you also talked about the idea that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, you had not been loved like that while you were alive, that unconditional love that you were feeling. Go ahead, talk about it, please. You can't feel things when you're escaping your feelings. So, so interesting. You show me more conversations I had even this morning. When you're the only thing, like when your dopamine is gone, the only thing that your dopamine cares about, which is your connect, you know, your brain is just saying, dude, we got to feed the dopamine first. You can't do anything else first. There's no consciousness in the dopamine factor. That's how I viewed it today. This is what I said to my son today. You're only wanting your next fix. Like you have to get help. You have to seek help. Yeah. So he just showed me a conversation. I don't even know why, but give me a second with that. Um, oh, okay. Thank you. It's if you're constantly thinking about your next fix or thinking about something else, you can't feel, you hold on to stories of why you got in that way in the first place, which 50% of our memories are are related to things that didn't even happen right and emotional then, traumas and stuff like that you might have correct played in. Yeah. and then he's and then he's saying and then you hold on to that and then you escape your feelings and i've done this i did this 20 years ago i went and got myself clean and i'm fine you know i was one of the fortunate ones because there was a lot of people that did not make it true um, so I'm very grateful. And I know it was part of my path because I talked to a lot of people that have committed suicide. They come to me. They don't, I'm not judging them. You know, people that are drug it, like they know I'm never going to judge them. And I think that's part of, I'm not saying that's why I did that or anything like that. I take full responsibility for it, but I do know that all my experiences have helped me be the best medium that I could be. And thank you. Thank you. All of our experiences help other people 
one way or another. And it's good to be on the other side of that. Like I am right now. And like, I'm sure a lot of your friends in Hollywood went through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just saying, just think about that. You can't feel from other people. You can't feel the love that people are giving you when you're trying to escape your own feelings. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. That's very unusual way to put it. And I guess I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that child that you had. And are you guys in, still in touch and hanging out? Or how does that work? If you if you want to talk about that. He's a super. That's interesting. Hold on. I said he. I'm not sure. Give me a second. It's different. Everyone's a part of you. That person, like you say, are you guys in contact, is a part of him. They don't leave each other. Okay. So Does he want to talk about who the mom was? No. <laughs> he doesn't. Okay. Well, that was kind of what I was leading to. Because um, I think I know that. classic person it happened when it shouldn't have happened, he says. And. So let me ask you this, sir, if I may. So you had this person treat you on the flip side somebody we're supposed to have and the person who was the mom is not somebody we might assume or associate with you but does that mother have a connection to her to this child as well is that mom on the flip side or is that mom still on the planet or how does i don't know you see what i'm getting at she's over there okay okay all right i won't <laughs> i won't bug you about it um but okay, very good. And so we're talking about the process of how you deal with uh, family members. Uh, Janice Joplin's coming in. Can you hold on a second? Speaking of family members who might have had an issue, go ahead, please come on in, Janice. She's all from someone's from coming from someone's whole career that's predicated on being an addict. <laughs> like she's making me laugh. Hold on. I tried so hard just to be here and it didn't make me a bad person for not being here but i heard a lot of people in the process and a lot of people when i left if i knew how deeply loved i was because i couldn't feel it i would have stayed but it was too late it's like they're showing me this machine of like so the addiction you're feeding into because you have this sense of loss and that sense of wanting to belong and that sense of, but you can't feel anything from the outside world. No matter how much they give you love, you're holding on to the people that were mad at you from before or holding on to the, whatever memories that you're putting in your head that your body's reacting to. If I would have had knowledge of the love that was the people that adored me and the people that loved me and the people that were surrounding me, if I was able to feel that I'd still, I would have still have been there. Yeah. And certainly that still do that still think about you and still talk about you. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. Like this is just something, do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm not I'm just saying it's not something we talked about. No, I'm mean, like, I'm like, are you the baby mama? And she's like, no, I want to talk about addiction. Oh, interesting. And well, you know, it's also interesting because she has come through before we have had a conversation. Of course, it's always startling when someone like her shows up. And I, I, you know, asked a lot of questions about Texas and growing up and how she wound up in San Francisco and et cetera. And she answered all of them. But she also seems so, she also talked about the guy who discovered her. I can't think of his name right now, but the, the, the music impresario who discovered so many people and he's on the flip side. So she talked about that. But it's, to me, it's just fascinating because you know, here she is outside of time, so to speak. She's very much in touch with who she was then. But so the question would be, so what have you learned since that? I mean, of course, I know we know people go to class and they they attend classes on the flip side. So what have you learned, Janice, since then? Oh, my God. You're, the irony of all of this is that you're escaping the illusion that's here on Earth. <laughs> wow that's a good one the irony of all of this is that you're escaping the illusion that's on earth it's the stage illusion that's so funny 
Hold on. So listen to what she's saying there. You think that you are so separate that you feel like you're the only way to become one is by escaping the it's so fascinating to me. You're escaping the illusion of your of you being separate from people on earth. That as well as the illusion trying of suffering. To yeah. be trying to be connected, but you're actually escaping the connectedness. Because you because can't... we're all connected, but but right. they using the alcohol and drugs and whatever that doesn't sever the connection, but it dulls it to such a degree you can't see it, you can't experience it. So he, she's saying people take drugs, take use alcohol, use these things to avoid feeling connected, which is so bizarre because it's almost like they're trying to feel happy, but they're feeling less connected. But it's it's Bingo. a brilliantly put thing. Yeah. Go ahead. So dumb on earth. <laughs> <laughs> People trying to escape the illusion of what the play is, because we're in a play. I mean, is that what she's talking about? Because we're all performing on stage. If you sat still through meditation, through what Luana, thank you, Luana, through meditation, you would not only escape the illusion that you're separate, you would get access to being so connected Again, that your molecular biology, that your brain cells, everything changes instead of getting it fried. <laughs> well, I also want to say, I mean, Luana was a Buddhist and, uh, you know, it was something she thought about a lot and chanted. But that, sorry. Hold on. Okay. Aretha Franklin's here. Thank you, Aretha. What do you want to say? Ma'am, how are you? We haven't talked to you in a little bit, in a minute. Janice is lovely, by the way. I know. <laughs> Wait, what's she saying? I said, Janice is lovely. And then the way that I felt Aretha, she's like, and I'm not just because of my cousin that you talk, like, whatever. It was just funny because I forgot that I don't. Yeah, we talked to her niece. Well, look, right. if I can just tell the audience something mind-bending, after Aretha passed, she came forward and we I asked a question because her will had not been found. And she said, somebody in my family has it. And then she eventually said it was her niece. And I had to look that up. And it turned out that her niece is her the executor of estate. So I reached out to the niece and sent her a transcript of everything we said. She wrote back, very kind of her. And she said, listen, I, I talk to my mother on the other side all the time, but I don't think you guys are talking to my aunt. And I wrote back and said, okay, well, thank you. I mean, I, a message delivered. And so the next time that Aretha came through, you know, we said to her, like, well, we tried to tell her. But what she wanted to say was that her will was a handwritten will and that her niece would find it. And that is exactly what happened. Um, you know, so, it, but the thing is, is you can't, but sometimes people on the other side come and tell us, ask us to pass along messages. And we do, if we can. And sometimes they're appreciative and sometimes they're like, no, I don't really care. There's nothing we can do other than fulfill it. Anyway, Aretha, please. But then she did find it. We did tell her that she'd find it. Yeah. So Aretha, please, you have the floor. What's your observation since the last time we talked or or anything you want to talk about? We talked about the movie that came out, Amazing Grace. She says, no family escapes addiction. No family escapes she- addiction. Okay. And she was even showing some of the Mormons how they love Diet Coke and Coca-Cola. Like that's an addiction, like those monster drinks. So she showed me even that, but give me a second. Let me see where she's going with this. Oh, thank you. You have to give them so much love, so much love, the people that are addicts, but you don't have to become part of their story that they tell themselves. Lovely. You can love them and do everything you can, but when they can't feel anything, you're just, it's not, you know, it's almost better to pray for them away from them. So what's your advice there, uh, Aretha, when you're talking about trying to help family members or help people? Trust your intuition. 
everyone that's ever given an addict money knew that they shouldn't have done it. Everyone that's given them, you know, enabled them to do something else knew that they shouldn't have done it, you know, or did it, sorry, done it. Yeah. Um, I apologize. Uh, everyone that's had a cousin, a brother and, uh, you know, a whatever, whatever family member it is, use discernment on how to help them navigate who they are, but they're not going to listen. Oh my gosh, no. She showed me like addiction is like being a zombie. They'll come at you and not know, you have no way to protect yourself emotionally, energetically, and you just give them what they need. They're still going to come back after you. They're going to eat your brand. Your brand, they're going to eat Last of Us. They're going to eat you up. Um, that was interesting, though. It's like but, being a because they are like, you know, if you're addicted to something, of you're. Course, of course. But let's just to throw a note of positivity in here, Aretha. And we love. We love your music, and uh, you're in the book "Tuning Into the Afterlife" that Jennifer and I worked on. Thank you. And so, my my question to you is: Who have you been surprised to see, or work with, or be around since we last spoke? Oh wow! Hold on. Okay, bye. Junior, say how. Say how. Seho is there. Junior Seho. Oh, Junior Seho. Okay, very good. Jun did Junior just stepped in? Uh, Junior, you are you uh, you're butting into the Aretha. Did you really knock Aretha Franklin out of her chair? She let me have. She's like she because I'm like where'd you go? And Aretha was like gone. Okay, very like, good. By the way, please. Okay, hold on. She wasn't her niece was not ready to hear it, but she listens to things now. Just for the record, she said. Oh, okay. Thank you very much for clarifying that. Um, and junior let me just say while you're it's some people Go ahead. Just have addictions some people are not ready to hear things at certain times but they will come back to it okay very good some people are not ready to hear things at certain times but they will come back to it junior okay. are you here are you here to talk about brain trauma yes. cte okay very good and i, I, I addiction as creating brain trauma without being hit you're being hit a different way so drugs, drug abuse, or what did he say? I'm sorry. Addiction. Know. Addiction okay. causes brain trauma. Okay. And for the audience who doesn't know who that so, is. You're creating brain trauma. Uh, you're, you're, he's like, <laughs> show me, pick me. You're creating brain trauma. You know, you're creating it without being hit. You know, you know, you might do something bad on it, but. Um, yeah, yeah I understand. I understand it's another but, form of assault but on yourself and people thank you people that have had brain trauma from physical activities like he did go ahead and explain him to well them. just i just for the audience i want to say junior sale was a player from san diego the san diego chargers and other football teams who took his own life about a year after dave Duerson did for the same reason cte and both of them came forward when we were interviewing Paul Allen after he crossed over, and they wanted to talk about how Joe Namath had cured his CTE through hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You can look that up. There's a film called Talking to Paul Allen, Junior Seau, and, and Dave Dewarson. And we also spoke to Junior's widow, who didn't know who Jennifer was. Jennifer didn't know she was. And so I orchestrated this experiment to see and show and demonstrate that Junior could talk to his wife through Jennifer live on camera. So anybody who wants to watch that, it's on YouTube, it's free. So Junior, please, you have the floor. Interesting. So he's saying that some people go into addiction because their brain is already hurt, right? From the CTEs. And he's like, but a lot of them just don't. They just commit suicide because no one's diagnosed them or no one has told them what they have. Interesting. Are you saying that addiction can cause CTE? Or that people with CTE might become no, addiction a can cause CTE, I guess. I didn't know that. So, and you know, I guess I see. So it's almost like getting hit all the time. It screws up your brain. If you're constantly feeding it drugs, it's, it's a break. When you have a psychotic break, he's just like, it's a literal break in your brain. 
That's fascinating. We also spoke to Anthony Bourdain about his journey, and he was saying how his heroin use as a young person had screwed up the ability to experience joy. You're tapping your nose, being right on the money. And that thing of screwing your brain up and not being able to experience joy can lead to uh, checking out the planet. You laughed. Go ahead. I laughed because he said you're not eating your peas. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Bourdain came through one day when I was in the kitchen and I heard his voice going, you need to eat more string beans, Richard. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's so weird. And then we talked about it. And he was like, you know, because it really helps your digestion. It helps you lose weight anyway. I'm not eating my peas. I love the way you put that. Um, Anthony, I'm sorry, Junior, you're here first. Anthony, if you want to talk, certainly you're welcome to, because we miss you both madly or badly. Very good. Um, hold on. I love today, by the way. That's great. What fun. You know, you showed me when it's a full moon, and this is for our listeners, there's going to be a full moon, I think, tonight or tomorrow. I'm not, I don't know. And I used to get so mad at my mom. She's like, well, it must be a full moon out when all the crazy people are out or whatever. But they've done doc. They've documented how hospital. Oh, yeah. I used to work in a bar in Boston and the cops would not come in on a full moon. They would just not be anywhere near the bar. They would say, well, you know, we don't work on a full moon. I was thinking about the hospitals because the hospital, they have yeah. double staff. I've talked to, I have surgeons that are just like, we just have to. But so my point is though, too, is that the veil, I don't think there's a veil anymore. I think that we're the 11 11s is just all, we're all on the same. It's yeah. not thing anymore. I haven't thought that for a while. There's no jump like there was before with people that have passed away. They literally are just right there. Wow. Being said, he showed like somebody showed me over there how it's a full moon and why all of them are so profound right now, because it's just, I don't question that they come that they're there right? Yeah. Learn through our practice and how a lot of the people that have come to me in my practice without knowing about our podcast have been related to all these people, right? That we've talked to. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the fact that our conversations, my clients who have listened to this, that's the first time that I get to talk to them. They're just like, who is there to greet my husband? <laughs> <laughs> you know, all you, Richard, that comes from you. Um, but one of them just came through. Oh, well, hold on. So I'm working on a little project that had to do, I put Anthony Bourdain's name in there because it had to do with something that I wanted to do. Sure. He just showed that to me in my head. He's just like, he goes, you got to just stick with it and take it further. And oh. he knows that I probably wouldn't have trusted just me getting him on his own. Because that's just how I am. You know how it is. Like and when you see my when dad, you know he's here. When it's through our class, through the and, class. And it was unusual because he showed up one day. And the funny part of it was, I was upset in my mind about the fact that he had left the planet early. And his initial conversation with us was funny and charming and witty. And I started giving him a hard time. And he literally said to Jennifer, "Who is this guy? And why is he busting my chops?" And it was the idea of like, well, wait a second, you have to explain. Anyway, and he has explained in so many eloquent ways that he thought he was going to go out on top, but he was badly mistaken. He was misinformed because you don't go anywhere because you're just off stage anyway. And so he, we talked about that, but he also, he's a big proponent of what Luana has said many times, learn to meditate. Meditation so there's so many different forms of it, but learn to meditate because that can help people who are suffering in that way. And uh, many of them, especially the ones who checked off the planet themselves. I, I want, so hold on one second. They're showing me the combination of addiction. Like, and I'm sure this has already been out there. I just don't know about it. The hyper hyperbolic chamber, like the. Yeah. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy for CT. That's it. People don't know it. Thank you. So I asked, I asked them, I said, so are you telling me CTE is just like addiction? And they said, no, two separate things, but they can be treated the same way. So they're not the same thing, but they can be treated in the same care in the same way. Wow. And for those curious about this hyperbaric oxygen therapy, it is controversial, but it's the idea of people being like in a 
some kind of a room where they pump a lot of extra oxygen. And I guess, I don't know, doctors have told me about it, but it's, it's great for brain trauma. You know, people have been in car accidents and they've used it uh, in a variety of different ways to show that you can heal parts of the brain through this kind of, I, you know, I don't know how it works, but people should look it up, especially if they know somebody's going through a brain trauma. Yeah. But, but, ther- but therapy for addiction. Wow. That, wouldn't that be something we would learn from the flip side on our podcast? Right. And I didn't know about it. I haven't looked it up. You're going to have to look it up. Maybe there's something out there, but it kind of makes Somebody's sense. Somebody's probably already doing it or right. two minutes ago, they just patented it <laughs> when we weren't paying attention. Junior, is that what you wanted to talk about? Or did Anthony elbow you out of the chair? What's going on there? Oh, you're right. I did ask you. That's so funny. So for my football picks, I'm just like, can someone help me from the other side? Junior say, can you come help me? And then I just kind of let it go. And he reminded me of this because I have to do this today. He's like, I'll help you. I'm like, should we do it? So I looked at, so the first time I did it, I got nine right out of like 14 without ever looking about the stats or anything. I just went with my gut. The next time I decided to look at the stats, I got less, you know, I'm like, <laughs> well, you didn't ask Junior. Come on. That's what so he just showed me. I'm like, you're right. I forgot. I did ask you to help me. I'm like, why? Sorry. Funny. Um, you know, we like to remind people that, you know, lottery numbers are not in your future if that's going to ruin your life. And so you ask people to predict things. They're going to let you know enough that you can, because it's not going to alter who you are. Because if you win all the time, that's going to screw up your life. So. They might help you a little bit. So Junior's going to help you. Let's put it that way. But he's not. I remind people because they're like, well, why can't you just get their name if you can get all this other stuff? And well, it's interpretation. I do the best that I can. If I can get their name, then I should be able to solve every case out there. There's some things that I'm just not supposed to know. And I well, do. Junior's a perfect a example. Junior's yeah. a perfect example. We're on camera and we're talking to Gina Seau, his widow, and you don't know her name. And and I and Junior's in the room apologizing to her for leaving early. You were totally correct about everything that had happened. You were correct about what was in her purse that she had brought that were his items. I didn't know she did that. But at some point, the question was, I said to uh, Junior, show her where Jennifer met you. And suddenly you screamed and you remembered that we had met in our, in other words, we were in a restaurant doing a session and you had met Junior Seau in the conversation with Paul Allen. And you suddenly exclaimed, oh my God, that guy, that football player guy that I met. So that's my yeah. point is he put that image in your head, but you, you didn't interpret it immediately. You know, it took yeah. a while to get to there. And that's right. how communication works. You know, people come to you in a dream and they say something to you. A big guy and then a little guy. That's right. That's yeah. right. Big but guy, little never, guy. We have to work with Junior. my brain. He was trying to give the word. Yeah, he, everything was big and like smack. Like I remember we were like, I'm doing... seeing a big guy and I'm seeing a little guy. I'm like, big guy, little guy. And then we were like going over very small people. But it was the name Junior. He was trying to give you his name. And then I just asked, I said, come on, show her where you guys met. So that is the thing about mediumship. I think it's just a process. We're doing our best. Jennifer's doing her best to interpret what she's seeing. Correct. I'm doing my best to interpret what I'm seeing. I'm also, there's also, if I get some, especially when I do large groups, I might not be getting, nobody over there talks like this. Okay. They project. So I might be stuck on her grandfather, but her uncle might be coming through projecting his thoughts. So I'm like, please just be open and think if that's not him, you need to tell me it's not him. And then I'll go back in there and figure it out because there's always someone that's trying to break in. There's always someone that's trying, you know, that deals with the person in front of me. You just might not understand it right then and there. And okay. So the overall, the whole reason why they're bringing this through is because people get so like told I wanted a sign and all I saw was a butterfly. Well, that took, for them to get you to see a butterfly took forever. When you wanted to see a hawk, maybe there wasn't a hawk available to you, but just work with the other side too. Don't be so set. It just doesn't, when you have so much pressure, 
that gets felt everywhere and the pressure pushes them away or the fear makes them fold. You know, it doesn't work. You have to get out of your head in order for it to work. And it's such a good example. Butterflies, hummingbirds. Many people report these things and we've asked them, you know, so somebody came and said, oh, you know, I saw these butterflies over my husband's you know, car. So then we ask the husband on the flip side, how'd you do that? And what they'll report is not that they're, you know, injecting their energy into the butterfly. It's they're asking the entity who is butterfly, would you do me a favor and fly over there into my wife's face? And the butterfly is like, yeah, sure. I'll be happy to. We just don't understand how consciousness they works. Be, they don't become the butterfly. Some people are like, well, they, be, I'm like, they don't become the butterfly. But they put, your awareness, they put your awareness towards it. They make things happen to where you're at a specific time and place to receive that comfort. And so when you see that thing that shouldn't be there, but it is there, that's when you think of your loved one. And we've asked them, how'd you do that? And, and one said, look, we're outside of time. It's not hard to manipulate 20 people to do one thing that'll make you remember us. Drive by our house at the exact time when the song comes on your radio. That's right. how we do it. And and people on the planet deny it. Ah, that nah, can't be. I know I'm making it up. It's, uh, it could be. I don't know. How do I prove it? All right. So, Junior and now Anthony Bourdain, sir, you're back on the airwaves. We've been watching your show. Any thoughts? since you've been gone about about the journey what uh, any observations what's going on um i should have stayed i should have stayed but i listen i, I know you're kidding it purpose. everything serves its purpose hold on that's what he's saying give me a second i'm interrupting him again He's saying I should have at least got help. I should have at least a got therapist help. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So listen, Anthony, I did this always. to you. They're saying always, always ask for help. He said the detox is so much, so small compared to your whole life. It's a blip on the screen. You've got to think of it like that. You're getting out of trying to feel, but yet your biggest complaint is that no one loves you or you can't feel. All of that's an illusion and a lie. So if you get, thank you. If you push yourself out there through the detox, I promise you it's going to be worth it. It's going to suck in the meantime, your depression, because it'll be depleted. Like it's going to suck in the meantime, but that's when people can help you where you're actually going to start feeling it is through the detoxing aspect of it, of whatever it is whether it's detoxing your mind, it doesn't have to be a physical, you know, drug or, or a clinic clinic. It could be just detoxing the, what you think other people think of you. Very good. Um, yeah. I asked you this question once before Anthony, because you're such a terrific interviewer, really one of the best. And we were having a hard time. I remember we were talking. Sorry. To <laughs> He said, so are you. Oh, well, thank you. But we were having a hard time. Oh, but he also said, not that there's many people interviewing us on the other side. <laughs> just us. Well, we were having a hard time talking to Frank Sinatra because when he came forward in the conversation, he was very taciturn and he was very, um, you know, not forthcoming because he didn't know who we are, but it was, uh, but he was willing to answer our questions. And so I said to him, Anthony, what would you ask Frank? And he asked Frank the question through you, how did you handle your success? It was a brilliant question. And, and then he gave a very eloquent answer. I forget what it was, but it's in backstage pass to the flip side. It might've had something to do with, you know, your friends being around friends and connecting your friends and staying in touch with your friends. So Anthony, let me ask you to ask any of our group that we have here. I mean, Elvis comes to mind. Is there a question you might ask one of these people that we've been talking to? What would you ask them? Okay, so this one, say it one more time. You're saying- I'm asking Anthony to ask somebody in our group, it could be Elvis. Okay, got it, got it. Any question that you might be curious about because you're such a curious guy. Interesting, he said, I'm asking them, what's the one thing that would have made you stay 
here on the planet. Wow. Love. <laughs> Love. Oh, come on, Anthony. You wrote that. Then you came and had pitched that to me to ask you. I mean, that's just too brilliant of an answer to get really so everybody said that love the one thing and, and what do you Art, mean money nothing matters music it's all about creating love you know driving in that car to get someone to love you or making that song for somebody years most of the best songs in the world are made out of heartbreak he says you know all of it is this anthony yeah. anthony, anthony. All of it. What do we do for all of it? The fame. Nothing matters if you feel empty and lonely inside. Because it didn't matter for me. I had everything. But I couldn't see it. To, in order to feel love, you have to get away from trying not to feel. Wow. Detox. Small little portion of the Small bigger picture. Flip in the bigger picture. Try to uh, try to be aware that getting away from love is well, not the way to go. Try to get closer to love. Get closer to loving yourself, and then you can love others. And the only way to love yourself is by getting away from shame and fear and guilt. He goes, fuck that. Own your stuff. Get sober and make things happen. Start living life because that's the only way you can receive love is through living your life. Thank you. What you is just dropped a mic. You just dropped a mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I getting those hands together mean that Jennifer's got to go. I wish I could tell you all the people that were here today. I just know I'm going to miss a few. But let's just thank everybody for showing up, doing their part. Thank you, Jennifer, for being so open to answer questions that you and I could not possibly have written or know the answer to. When we started today, I know we were both, you know, talking about the fact that we're just blank slates. But thank you so much for being a blank slate so that you can talk on behalf of all these beautiful people that we talk blonde about. Slate. A blonde slate. A blonde slate. All right. I like that as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Luana, for helping make this happen and participating. Thanks for tuning in to Hacking the Afterlife podcast. We'll catch you on the flip side. This has been Hacking the Afterlife Podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.